Welcome to Q&A at the Kaddish Gallery. Recently we sat down with Steve Berger, an alum who studied with Father Kaddish and is a prolific painter living in the Minneapolis region. We spoke about his paintings that were in the exhibition called Destinations, and a number of alums stopped in to see Steve and hear about the work, and the show was a big hit with the students. Steve talked to us a lot about how an SAU alum can go out into the world with an art degree and find their way. Enjoy. Thank you, Steve, for uh, coming to uh, the Kaddish Gallery. Uh, we're all gathered here in front of your work. Uh, this show's called Destinations. Um, every time we do one of these conversations, I like to ask a little bit about, you know, your development as an artist, but for you, especially since you're an alum of the school, sure. really interested to catch a little bit of your, your personal narrative in terms of Father Kadich and maybe Les Bell and... John Schmitz. Oh yeah, John Schmitz, absolutely, yeah. So um, I want to make sure we touch on some of those things, but um, maybe first we could just talk a little bit about uh, where you're at now in your career. Sure. What you do with yourself, how the, these works came about, how the, you know um, how you ended up back here. And I guess it's the wrong season for homecoming, but right, welcome right, back anyway. Right. And uh, thank you for bringing your work here to the gallery. So um, how, how did this show come together for you? Um, after coming down here, homecomings, I, I usually come back and, uh, and, and meet people. It's like a touchstone. Ambrose is, is a touchstone. And we were talking about the connections that were made here, and I can talk about the late 70s, mm -hmm. um, but the bonds and where people ended up from here, who would have thought that um, this little school produces some quality uh, in, in different industries. Mm -hmm. I, I was lucky to be able to touch two industries, advertising, marketing, and, and art, but I always was driven by how to create. Mm -hmm. And we were kidding around with uh, some of these guys with, um, I, I forgot some of the stuff that I, <laughs> that I had drawn and painted. Yeah. And you were making a lot of artwork when you were here. Absolutely. And it was all about, uh, um, if it wasn't calligraphy, it was illustration. If it wasn't uh, um, something with, with drawing, and even to the point of, and you guys might remember part of this, but we had the uh, the dorms. I would paint, I would do calligraphy above for nicknames for above the the dorm rooms, and I would charge. It was like two bucks a pop. So if I needed twenty five bucks, I'd get a chair, and then yell down the dorm hall, "I'm here to paint," and then everybody would they would they would come out of the woodwork. Between the letters, also lended its way into watercolors and, and um, acrylics, everything you, you see now, it's, it's, it's all about the relationships between other things in a, in a composition. Yeah, absolutely. And they were really big on, on that. I, and I, I think by design, but that's one of the, the keys that I took from the education I got here was there isn't just one discipline, it's, it's how to appreciate all these forms, then combine them together, mishmash them. How'd you do that? Why was it done that way? Um, and you guys that went to school here uh, back then, I mean, I think you saw that because we were doing, 
on anything we could find drawing on. <laughs> I mean, it didn't matter. Um, just couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. And the creative vibe that was here at the school, um, and I was in, in athletics too, was I think, heck, I was the only football player that was in the whole art department here mm -hmm. at that time. And I don't, yeah, there was, yeah, for four years. Um, and so it was like, uh, it was interesting, it really was, because it uh, opened my eyes. What, what, describe the art department as a whole, what, could, what kind of classes could you take? I mean, calligraphy, There's all four years, as required. There were ceramics. Um, and I ended up with like, I think you can only graduate with 120 credits, and I think I had 140. I had every art class I could grab. But there, yeah, there was a ceramics, um, intaglio, uh, lithography, uh, uh, advanced drawing, uh, two drawing, d different drawing classes. Um, there was a painting, uh, watercolor class, which John Schmitz, I, I, he, he was, that was I really miss John. Yeah. Yeah. Schmitz was uh, probably more sociable than Father Cadditch, mm -hmm. but he was a neat guy. Yeah. He really was um, an interesting guy and talented. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watercolor was big and it was just a nice combination of everything from drawing, lettering, and it, it opened your eyes. If you were interested in art, which I was, I just couldn't get enough. <laughs> and I didn't have a small Catholic high school. I never had an art class until I got here. Oh, really? I had, a, I had to go to the public school to take a mechanical drawing class. We were so starved. Um, Charlie Berg, I, my best friend, would go down there and because I was it take shared time, mm -hmm. and uh, um, so when I got here, it was a real eye opener because boy, there were some talented people in, at that time, mm -hmm. and I was like, I was way behind the curve. Mm -hmm. um, um, I had to catch up mm -hmm. <laughs> quick. <laughs> so you graduated St. Ambrose '78 or so yep. with uh, art. I mean, majored in art or Ma had a. A fine art degree, um, a teaching and coaching degree. Okay. And that was the game plan. That was the game plan. Yeah, and uh, that slowly disappeared like <laughs> immediately. And I said, I've got to get a job. And um, so I ended up uh, um, getting into the advertising marketing field really quick because of, uh, I think it was because they. You sit down and you draw for somebody and they could see what you could do and um, it was an easy hire and that mm -hmm. and ended up the Fairchild Publishers out East Coast. I went out and lived with my brother after I got out of school, got picked up by uh, Fairchild Publishers as an illustrator. So I had two researchers assigned to me and they would bring me up like a pile of books and said you got to do this page for a 16th century romance novel or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And oh by the way you got four hours to do it. Oh and it's got to match this this other stuff that we're doing, and mm -hmm. so I had to match it. And um, I got four hours, yeah, we have two guys working for you, they'll bring all the stuff that you need. Yeah. And so it, it was really wow. challenging, yeah. but it paid well. Oh, so let me ask you this, you, you, you went out east looking for a job, or yep. you went out east just for family and you stumbled into the job? Yeah, kind of like sailing with my brother and, uh -huh. and on a Chesapeake, and then, um, then I thought, well, I'm going to see what the East Coast had to offer as far as talent. And, and of course, yes. being from the Midwest, 
can you do it with the guys out in New York? And That's right. And so that was something to prove. And boy, yeah, found out that, again, because of a liberal arts degree, and you know, I didn't specialize just in topography. Right. You want to do a watercolor, you want to do some lettering, do you want to do uh, the education at that time I got here yeah. um, was phenomenal. Right. Felt because like you were you were well well positioned to do the job well. Yeah, there. and it happened at, at you know at, at the place where we work because they would go, well, we we got to get somebody in here that knows lettering, so we'll give it to Steve. So then I'd whip it up and we we'd do it. Cool. And how long did that go? About a year, year and a half. I started missing the Midwest, mm. and then uh, moved back and um, traveled about and wanted to live in the Midwest. And I didn't want to live in Chicago. I didn't want to live in Milwaukee, Detroit, Minneapolis. I was introduced to, and, and uh, the ad scene at that time was really up and coming in, in mm -hmm. Twin Cities. And so there's a lot of talent up there. Mm -hmm. A lot of new advertising agencies. And um, so I ended up running the advertising department and uh, um, three or four staff members and went from scratch to this guy wanted me to build this advertising department. And, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't. But <laughs> sure, sure. But, yeah, of yeah, I could do that. Because no I got a print shop too? Yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> and so that went eight years. And, um, and then I went uh, to another company as a creative director, which was cool because you got TV commercials, you got prints, you got everything. And I was eight, six or eight uh, graphic artists that you could work with. And they want to know, how do I do this? And it was, it was training. And it was a lot of volume. And it got me introduced to uh, retail mm -hmm. advertising. And then uh, got tired of that and uh, decided to start my own agency. And, and then I did that. That's started my own agency, print shop, uh, creative side of it, graphic artist, production artist. I think we ended up with 17 employees at one time. My wife would know that more because she was handling all the, the medical stuff on it. Well, now what, what, what led you to have that, make that decision? What was it that you got tired of? The, co the corporate lifestyle, just answering it to somebody else? What was it? You still always answer to somebody. But <laughs> yeah, you still answer the, to somebody. The, the right. challenge of it was always, um, uh, I, I think when you have your own thing, the ability to be able to go to any company you want and then ask them, which again was, in, was bred in here, was why, why, do you, why do you work that way? Why are you doing it this way? Well, I don't know. Uh, McDonald's Corporation Chicago was one of them. When toured there, they had uh, got in and were doing some print work and some creative stuff for CD covers and things like that. It wasn't much. But they gave me a tour of their Chicago plant and go down to their printing plant and there was this pallets and pallets of like human resource books. And, and at the time I had a digital printer, right. uh, Heidelberg, a quarter million dollar press, I remember writing that check out for it, <laughs> yeah, I'll have that, and, and, but it did some amazing things for the retail environment, mm -hmm. and when I went down to McDonald's, uh, I said, you guys, this is insane, you have all this stuff and you have to replace it every year, mm -hmm. why don't you just do it on demand print, mm -hmm. and it was like, I was 
talking to Martians. <laughs> what? And I said, yeah, give me some of this. So I took some of that and started doing it for McDonald's. Uh, another one was First Bank. Uh, other, Our retail accounts um, that we handled were, and we also had web design too. So we would build these web applications for these large corporate accounts to go through my company and my graphic people would do it. It wouldn't tie up any resources. And then we made our markup on that, and, mm -hmm. and it was really good. Hmm. Very exciting. Um, and I did that for 10 years. And, and the hardest part about that was I liked the biz. I liked meeting clients. I liked coming up with solutions for marketing. Mm -hmm. But it was the human resource side of it, of babysitting 17 different artists, trust me. Right. Oh. <laughs> that got old. Oh, that part got old after oh. a while. I know Phil coming down with that photographer that had our, our photographer and we brought it, went down to Chicago and Phil was, I don't know, VP of Chicago Trib and gave us this wonderful tour and we did the, the tour and uh, Frank is like, well can't we go here, can't we? I said, why do you have to be such a pain? <laughs> and just look at this building, look at where we're going and seeing. Frank was a, a photographer. Mm -hmm. Always wanted to get the different shot and wanted to hang out over the top of the building up there. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. So, but it's hard to be in the boss, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, and it, it is, you know, and, and also just the pressure of having, if you got 17 employees and they all have families, mm -hmm. four or five people, it's up to you to get the business in to feed them. Mm -hmm. And it's constant. And um, that wears on you, I especially if I just wanted to be creative. But you own your own business, you just can't be only creative. Mm -hmm. You've got to, how do you handle that account? How do you handle that, that person? How do they, they don't see it our way? Mm -hmm. Well, you got to convince them mm -hmm. that <laughs> your way is the right way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in advertising, it it's, does it sell? And again, circle back around. Mm -hmm. it, it, the education I got from here is it's all fine to do, you know, nice mm -hmm. pictures and, and stuff, but if it doesn't sell, right. is it? Right. I, I hate to put it that way, but no, it's, no. it's marketing. You got to keep, you got to keep producing. In that, in that world, it has to work. Yep. It has to work the right way. Yep. You know? And it, it, a lot of similarities too, and even in the digital world now, same thing. Did you have that issue with, with employees where their, their creativity was admirable but it didn't fit the need of the I wouldn't wish this on anybody but never hire a creative director of Dutch descent of true <laughs> Dutch person <laughs> and Michael Vandemortel you're out there I know you're out in California <laughs> you're now and this, your, yeah. your ears are burning but, but yeah it, it um, in some cases you gotta let them run and that was the hardest part about it is Michael this idea of yours is never gonna pass. It, 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 um, trust me on this and it's going to cost me some money. It's going to cost three or four people maybe this account or a portion of an account. Mm -hmm. No, it'll work. I'll show you. You know, Okay, run with it. And as an owner, all right, you're on your own. And if it comes back, if it wins, great. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you proved me wrong. But mm -hmm. more, than <laughs> more than one occasion it was always, yes. uh, okay. Oh, I imagine that's got to be very stressful. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's the part of owning 
um, an advertising marketing business that wasn't. So, mm -hmm. um, a lot of time. So you reached a point where you'd had enough. Had you enough. Got out. Guy offered me uh, something I couldn't refuse. Mm -hmm. I said, "Fine, take it, done." And then sitting at home, going, "Well, okay, now what am I going to do?" And then it was, "Okay, I'm just going to start concentrating on this. So build a website. I knew all, all the marketing mm -hmm. things about how to do it, and started selling art, which I've been doing all along anyway. Mm -hmm. Whether it's an advertising logo or a painting, or always a commission painting, a lot of branding work." And then uh, did it independently after I sold my business, and I just kept weaning myself. I don't want to go to the meeting. I don't want to go to that <laughs> meeting. Not coming back down. And I still get a, a few calls every now and then. Uh, hmm. Would you like to come on talk to these? No, but I'll do it. <laughs> but I'll do it. And uh, so I'm still occasionally doing some of that, and um, which is fine. And, and, and then to finish off my my education degree, which I didn't do, hmm. um, I did the. Uh, where my kids went to high school, played football and sports, and, and uh, you get involved in the community. And then one of the coaches there goes, don't you have a teaching degree? Yeah. Would you like to teach art here? At you know what? Yeah, that closes that circle. Mm -hmm. So I, the last seven, seven years, I think, eight years. That's great. Yeah, I've been teaching uh, high school students, um, and I have an advanced placement art class so I get students that are pretty serious yeah. at that level about where they can go and it's the same principles I'm telling us you know you, how are you gonna make this work if, if you really want to get into this and they're still deciding and some of them might say maybe one or two out of that will get into advertising graphics and I'll push them if I see the talent I'll say just do it right um, get into it but yeah we we're doing the this three years from a, a class, and it was, uh, how can I say something about, in painting, um, the ecology, the environment, politics, healthcare, um, and basically this last one over here started that too, was the, the protest wall. Um, but it, it's, what do you want to say? And then figure out how to say it. So you start out with a sketch, take your idea, come out with a sketch. If you need reference material, get it, I don't care. But give me something that says something mm -hmm. to somebody. Mm -hmm. And hey, Charlie. So, um, and if it doesn't say something to somebody, then what are you doing? Yeah. Anybody can do a pretty picture. And if you want to throw, uh, that was another Caddish thing, Jack the Dripper. It's Jack all about the dripper, yeah. spatial relationship with Jackson Pollock. Uh, dripping paint was, it's a little bit more than that. And you have to look what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, father would call it. Jackson Pollock, Jack the Dripper. <laughs> like, okay, all right. But it, it was all about spatial relationships. And in the advertising world, that is huge. Uh, how do you communicate a, a message as efficiently as possible, as uh, quickly as possible? And um, I still use a lot of the stuff that I learned here about how to get somebody on a canvas and let them read through it. Um, the eyes, especially. English cultures, left to right, left to right. Um, and how do you read the painting? How you see in a painting? Um, I do, there's it's a painting I thought about bringing down to this, but it's a, there's a diner up in St. Paul. It's called Mickey's Diner. It's an old railroad car. It's in downtown St. Paul. Yeah, it's kind of a legendary place. And it's at night, and I did this painting of it, 
and, and you scan from the left, you get all the way over to the right, and it's dark and it's at night, and you see people in the diner, and you, I've watched people look at this painting, <laughs> and they're looking at inside the diner and seeing the people eating and the waiter, and then they get to the end, I got this big grizzly bear sitting at the end of the diner <laughs> in a dark kind of nail. <laughs> and it's, it's in your face, but it's not in your face. Um, okay, so the last so we say it's six to eight years now, you've been teaching part. You say that's part, part time, time. part yep. time teaching and painting at home. And yep, yep. Um, Build a studio and have a nice little. Got your own studio, and uh, and working very consistently on these paintings. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about the process of how you make these paintings. I mean, you've been giving us some, but. Generally speaking, these are coming from source material that you gather. Yep. And then how, how does it go from the source material into a painted image? What's, what's a little bit of your process there? If you don't um, mind sharing that with, with us. <laughs> no, absolutely. The, uh, matter of fact, you brought one up just recently, but it's been one of my most popular prints. It's, it's a lineman print of, um, and it was for, uh, um, I was approached by a union up in Minneapolis um, the line workers, that the, these are the people that climb those poles and do that type of work. I mean, in a storm, as salt of the earth people, I was really not really aware of that whole category of people. And um, this union got a hold of me, and it was a gentleman um, had a family and electrocuted himself. And um, so we did a, could you do something? Mm -hmm. And they wanted the painting that they could. Yeah. And um, matter of fact, this is uh, Nancy's husband too. Was I don't know how many prints she sold of that to that group down there and, and Clinton there. But at any rate, um, so get the tool belt, which is identifiable to each lineman. Mm -hmm. How they had their tools on their belt. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that, but I had to do the research. What goes into this job? Yeah. I don't want to do a portrait, a face of this gentleman. What was what does life consisted of? Mm -hmm. And the union men, oh, you can use my my belt and my tools, and this is how he hung it, and this is what he did. Mm -hmm. So I took it out into a field and uh, was thinking about it, and found a telephone pole out in a rural area, mm -hmm. set the the this, um, belt on one of the hooks that they climb up the that's in the pole, yeah. draped it over it beautiful sunny day, put a little American flag on top of it. Um, so it looked like, what I wanted to make it look like was he's taking a coffee break. Mm -hmm. Hung up his belt, went back to his truck, and boy, everybody related to that one. Mm -hmm. But it started out with pencil sketch, um, prop it, so I get an idea of what I wanted, how I wanted to paint it. Mm -hmm. So once I do that, once you're doing the sketch of it, the, they basically all these start with a pencil sketch. Yeah. It could be a two by two, it could be a Thumbnail, five by five. Yeah. yeah, just something real. Yeah. And you get an idea of what you want to do, what idea you're trying to convey. And then it's the fun part is, okay, because at that time I'm thinking, this is the colors I want to use. These are the, you know, how I'm going to lay this out, the composition of it is happening when you're doing mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So by the time you get done on canvas and you get it drawn on the canvas or whatever you're drawing on, um, you, you got a pretty good idea of what this thing is going to look like. Okay. And then you draw it. But as you know, when you're painting it, 
yeah, things change. I'm going to add something to it. You know, each one of these paintings, I can tell you that midway during the process is, yeah. And that's what's nice about acrylic, other yes. than not watercolor. You can just paint over it. I can paint that, I'll switch this around, change redo quickly. it. Yeah. And there's painting, there isn't a painting I haven't done ever, except for the ones I did for you guys, <laughs> um, that I haven't wanted to do over. Mm -hmm. You look at them sure. for a while, or you, it's, it, but I mean, you know the popular ones with the, the orders, the print orders that people relate to. Um, they see something and they fall in categories. I have farming, I have the north, and there's things that I'm familiar with. Mm. So, cool. But yeah, pencil sketches first, ideas, get the idea, sketch it out. I don't care how crappy it is, mm -hmm. not looking for it, just you got to get the idea down. Yeah. Um. And then uh, there's no transfer process or or projection or anything of that sort. You're working from sometimes. Source. Sometimes you might you might especially the large stuff. Yeah. I'm it's curious because the the way I way I teach now versus the way even I used to work 10 15 years ago before we really had uh, these we got nice projectors yep. and nice computers yep. now and the ability yep. to project right on the canvas and work. I'm yep. trying to do some more of that. I'm just curious if you've kind of adopted any of that as you... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, any of that stuff, they're tools. Yeah. And you're What do you think Father Cash would have thought of that? I'm curious, because he, he was always an adopter of tools, too, so... Yeah. I, what do you think he'd do with a Mac? Oh, it'd be interesting. That would have been really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even in, even in calligraphy, uh, light boxes for... Um, yeah, I mean... I, I just was going out through um, these high school kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> showing them how just to get the basics of lettering, and go here. Get a, we got to get a light box in here. You got a light box, and so they get the right cant and the. Yeah. And well, should we? Do we need this? Yes. <laughs> should we need this? <laughs> and just re repeat it yeah. constantly, yeah. and so then they get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, to, if you use tools, use them. Mm -hmm. uh, because any of this stuff, it's always your creativity. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, the idea of this message and and your work in advertising, I'm just really, really so interested in how that developed through your career and how it's coming out in these paintings now, and um, how you're you're conveying that to your students. I really like that that whole that whole process. Of, as opposed to like a, you know, I guess like a traditional still life painter who just works from observation and the work, that work comes from that. You, you work from a, you work from conveying some kind of narrative or message. Yep, and, and probably, uh, um, well, even, even when I was here, you know, it's a Father Caddy story. Um, we'd do a watercolor and it was, uh, he says, draw a river and on the other, you're on this side of the river and on the other side of the river there's a, a box, a wooden box, and that was the assignment. So we're all sitting there going, well, okay, so I'm drawing the river, and I'm drawing the, the box on the other side of the river, and I'm drawing the little nails and in the box and kind of showing the wood grain, and he stopped by me and goes, really? <laughs> you're 300 yards away, you actually you think you're seeing those nails? Just indicate the nails, throw a rust spot, you know, it's a color. What are you doing? And 
<laughs> and I'd, I'd look at him, and then he'd do it in two seconds, and I'd go, oh, yeah, okay, great, I get it, all right, I don't have to do that. But I was, and we went back and forth on that, because I like detail. Mm -hmm. And he was always more about, mm -hmm. you don't have to show the detail. And I get that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, but even, I think I was telling you, Chris, I, that, that corn one there started out, it was going to be an abstract. And because when I'm teaching students, my high school students, abstract paintings, man, you, you stretch out a little bit. And I, I can't show them. I don't like them to even see my stuff or even, but we're talking about abstract. Well, that was all, that corn was just going to be, the corn stalks, the, the giant abstract painting of corn mm -hmm. stalks, and not as much. And then, of course, then I started getting in the detail of it. Go, well, the lighting is coming in from this one. Oh, I could throw a cloud. Oh, oh let's throw somebody in here too. And so then, oh, then she's looking down at the pheasant, you know, feather at the bottom. You know, can't help yourself. I just can't help myself. That's <laughs> a god. And that, out of all the stuff, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, all of them. I, I really, I have to. I fight that. <clears throat> Everything I and, and that goes back. I appreciate, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I, if it's my favorite stuff, I do like the detail to mm -hmm. it. I just, mm -hmm. it, it, I can tell more of a story. Mm -hmm. And yeah, throw in all the details. Yeah, yeah, and it is in the details. It's, mm -hmm. you know, is that deep water? Well, you can tell by the shades of the water. Um, you know, it's, and when it gets to like surreal stuff, I like, mm -hmm. but I got to do the the detail in it. Um, because it all connects one way or another. Um, and then just the, the, the little messages in it is what's the fun part. So let's, just for a few more minutes, you want to point out a few things about the show? Anything you'd like to talk to talk about in the show that uh, you'd like to share with the... Most, most of these that are here at the show, these were, like I say, done in uh, just recently um, for my AP class at, at um, high school students. Everything on this wall is for pretty much that, just to show them how to get in, like what we were talking about, how to get an idea across. Uh, you can make it as complicated as you want, but simplify it as, as, as much as you can so somebody could look at it and take something away from it. Um, the ones with the, the older dates on it are the ones that hang in my studio, like, like that particular one is a, a sufficient spot that we go up to up in the boundary waters. Um, the one next to it, I, this, the most recent one I just did, was um, it's called Magnetic Rock, and that's that's a real place. It's a magical place. And that's uh, an Ojibwe woman playing a cello there, <laughs> but um, it's a magnetic place, and that's what I'm trying to do. It's, it connects all these magic properties. If if you notice, there is a wolf in the Magnetic Rock. There's a face of a wolf in there. Um, because when we've been up there, you see wolf tracks all over the place, and it's just, it's wonderful up there. Um, you mentioned that before, that you uh, oftentimes hide imagery in yeah. the imagery, yeah. in that detail. Are yeah. there any others you want to share, or you want people to try to find them? Uh, either or. <laughs> Maybe one, one more. Maybe one more secret <laughs> one. Uh, right, the one next to it is the, it's called Lake Maidens. Okay. If, again, another Boundary Waters piece, but if you go up there uh, uh, late night, or right at dusk there were, uh, the Boundary Waters is just wonderful for colors. And yeah, I exaggerate them a little bit, but um, there's, a, there's the one woman in the water, there's another woman in the rocks, mm. um, a Native American mm. uh, piece. And if you look, 
you can see it. I, one of the most satisfying, telling somebody else in here earlier, is people who buy a print will email me maybe at two years later and go, <laughs> I found this <laughs> image in there. <laughs> Did you mean to do that? Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> All right, we'll run a contest tonight. The person who finds the, the largest number of hidden uh, images wins, okay? There's, yeah, there's usually one something in there. And even, even this one, the wolf on the rocks up here where we talk about canoeing up to this particular spot. There's like a 40-foot drop there. And it's, my wife is the one that catches all the walleye there. I never catch anything, but, but I always thought about coming around the rocks up there and all of a sudden, one of the rocks moves, and it's a, you're waking up a wolf sitting there. Again, I, we never see them. You know they're up there, but um, and a lot of people don't see that right see away. But that yeah, that's one of my favorites, and the Voyager one back there is one of my favorites. Which um, sell a lot of prints, but I don't know if I'll ever sell them um, yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like them too much. Does anyone have questions for yeah. Steve? <coughs> Out there, didn't you uh, used to do some things for the Minnesota Vikings at one time? Yep, yep, and the Twins. And the Twins, right? Yep. yep. Um, a lot of um, donate a lot of work, and they auction it off. Okay. And uh, the trade-off is, um, like for the Twins, the last time with my youngest son, we <coughs> went down. We get to go down in the dugout during the game, for the game, and you're like. What are you doing here? <laughs> so they auction off. They have a, a dinner then, and if my wife can't go, I've taken my my daughter to. Uh, Rachel, did you go to one or two or one. one? And then they auction it off. And you have a nice dinner, and it goes to uh, the twins. They're big on uh, um, it's a boys and girls clubs, um, and they donate a ton of money for, for that. And then Make a Wish Foundation here in Iowa too. Uh, a friend, a high school friend of ours, turned me on to. So we donate to the Make a Wish in Iowa, and I've done it up in Minnesota. Children's Cancer Research is another one up in Minnesota. Donate a lot of stuff, and they they auction it off, and then they make some money, and it goes to good cause. Mm. So that's kind of fun. And that matter of fact, that one back there, the little girl with the butterfly, I had a hard time selling that one too. But that one's in my studio. Uh, she's making a wish on a butterfly. She's blowing it. And uh, that was for uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. And, and yeah. So, and a lot of these, <laughs> that's asking kind of your other question too. A lot of these paintings, I'll do it and then I'll redo it. Mm. So I'll look at it, don't like it, and I said, I'm gonna change that. And so then there might be two of these. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. sometimes three. Sure. Um, Rework those elements. All of these are so amazing. But I just wondered how long did it take you to do that girl? Oh, Cindy. Butterfly. Every time I do a commission painting for somebody, yeah. and if it could be usually doctors or a lawyer, that's the first thing we'll ask. How long does it take you to do it? And my favorite response is, all my life. <laughs> because I know in their head they're trying to figure out, it was the same thing in logos. They go, well, how long, you know, you're charging me X amount for this logo, how, how long did it take you to do that? And, and that getting me, I just bypass it. But to answer your question, um, I mean, some I'll have on the board for months, uh, two months. Uh, um, and sometimes it'll, I'll stare at it and I get so either, just as happening, 
I'll set it aside and then I'll come back to it and say, I'll think about it and go, ah, if I change that, that would work then. And so then I'll change components around and, and rework it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm happy with that now. What's your setup look like? A drafting table or? No, nah, easel. Easel. Work on an easel? Yeah. Easel and, and it's just easier. Do you work uh, support uh, sticks or you know, just work it freehand? Just, just freehand until my tired, my tired hand gets yeah, to a yeah. point. And like some of the detail you see like in the rocks of that and which will go through at, at these high school kids, I'll say, it's just dabs of paint, mm -hmm. just, so just look at it. And yeah, they're rocks, yeah, they got shadows. Yeah, you gotta be cognizant of that, but it's just, it's dabs of paint. So once you get, the ones that you think all the detail are in, sometimes not. Yeah. And, and like the, the leaves, the hands, the crisscross hands in the grass back there, you lay a, a, a color, a dark color first, then you go back in with a thinner brush and just leaf after leaf or stem after stem, and you just keep layering. Mm. And that's one nice thing about um, acrylics too, versus yes. oils, because oils just, I don't have the patience to wait for them to dry. Yeah. And that's just it, I don't have the patience. <laughs> acrylic, the acrylic paint matches your process. Yep, yeah. very much. So yeah, that's that's pretty much. Um, yeah, we have one question, Steve. There's no way you can probably identify this, but if you had to pick one one painting or one piece of work, well, would there be any one that be like mean, a favorite? This is, this is incredible right here, but obviously this is very limited stuff done. But what what two paintings would go right to the top? You know, that, that's that's probably hard to answer. Um, you know, yeah, no, because each each one you do is connected to something. So, like, if you were to to buy one, you're connecting with it. But when you're creating it, like I say, every, everything is either that's a spot, that's a spot, that's a spot. Places either I know, that's Nicollet Mall. You know, there there are things that, that kind of register and think. Um, <coughs> This particular show doesn't have a lot of the farm stuff on it, which I grew up on a farm. I, and it's, I'm fond of all the memories. And it kind of in my head, they keep, um, so, you know, that one of, of, like I say, my son there, my old car, my son, uh, um, a lot of thought goes into that, that one that brings me back to a lot of different stuff too. And I'm sure for Mark, but myself, I've been there. And uh, so, yeah, they're all connected. That's what's kind of fun about when you, you can sell prints and people order them. Um, they'll ask about that and then either have the description that kind of walks them through it and then they, they know what, what I'm talking about. But. Well, I think that's what's really cool about what you do is that it's always reflected back on some event or some place yeah. you've encountered yep. in some capacity. And it does. And That's cool. some of the people that, that know me, I mean, I, you guys, I know you, you pick up on it, and um, you just it, it's one. It's therapeutic, if nothing else, um, because it, it makes it fun. And it isn't. I don't know what else I could I'd be doing. And anybody in here knows. Again, uh, when I was at Ambrose, 
if there was a, an open space, there was a drawing of mine on it, and everybody knew it, and I did it. <laughs> and the, actually, the, the calligraphy for the nicknames above the dorms, by the time I was a senior, I mean, that was a racket. And I had the football team, somebody else would try to hone in on it and go, well, yeah, I can do that now. I'm yeah. going to, and then the football players would go over and go, no, no. Steve does <laughs> The, the caddish take a cut. That's the yeah, that's right. That's the caddish cut. <laughs> I gotta pay some bills. <laughs> Any other questions? Hey, Steve. Yeah. So I was I was one of the guys that would walk around with you, and I was always amazed at, at, at the creativity or bizarreness. Whatever. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a numbers guy. So yes, you creativity are. Creativity is not in my wheelhouse, but. So how, how do you describe, you know, as you go through a, a painting, or and you, you, you talk about destinations and, and how you start visualizing them? How do you how do you describe your creativity as you start going through the process? Is it is it you just let it come to you? Do you, do you think hard about that? You know, here's one way. Should I be thinking another way? And do I triangulate on trying to? You know, how do you describe that in your own? In the advertising marketing industry, a lot of my friends, like good friends in that industry, were writers. They weren't other artists. Um, I had this connectivity to a writer, a good writer, um, because they tell a story with their words. And I always respected that, because you'd, you'd ask them to say, I need a particular copy for a product or a, a logo or something that, and a writer could sit with, with you and say, okay, this is what we think we can say. Then it was up to me to kind of digest that and go, okay, this is the type of logo they need or image they need or something that's gonna push this product. Does it have to be a photograph? Sometimes you're thinking, yeah, maybe it should be a photograph. Other times, it could be an illustration. Um, but there, there is a process to it. It sounds weird, and it was, but it was developed, I think, more here before that, I mean, there, there was no process. <laughs> and even in, 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 in when I was here, um, it was developed for, if it's not a tool, it's something that you have learned that you're connecting and saying, okay, to get to that particular color or that particular design, I gotta do three steps before that. And lettering helps you with that too because if you're doing a, a capital C and it's gonna be by, uh, another a W, that spatial relationship between those letters, how close, how makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're doing typography for a logo or a brand, and you're creating their brand, you gotta really look at that and go, why am I creating it this particular way? So the, the answer to your question, um, each one of these for acrylic paintings, yeah, there's, there's an initial idea that's either sitting somewhere on a scrap of paper, or in my head and going, I think today I'm gonna do that. So then either sketch it out, get it down, process of months, sometimes it's a week. Steve, I got a better answer for it. God gave you a gift. <laughs> Am I right? You did. Thank We're you. just extremely proud of you. Thank you, thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's been, a, as all of us in this room can attest, what a wild journey we we go through and it's a, they're all on our own destinations um, and 
that's kind of what this is all about it's where we're going where we end up how we get here um, hopefully we can do it with what we love doing so. well I think I, I I can't help but think that a lifelong career in advertising and marketing and exactly what you said earlier that pressure the turnaround and, and meeting a deadline leads to a kind of clarity of thinking that it's allowed you to hone these messages yep. right? yeah start with the message how do I project that message how do I clarify that message yep. and that, I think that's that's very clear in the work yeah sure. thank you thank you yeah it's uh, it does help because uh, what you're trying to say is <laughs> you don't want it cloudy mm -hmm. unless well sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you like so, you want it, you want the ambiguity to be where you put it and not not out of a sense of confusion yep. or, yeah yeah though what else any other questions you make, Steve you make prints of all of these yep yep um, uh, until they get sometimes I don't get them on my website soon enough and like God there's a bunch in here that I don't the new stuff um, when you guys leave on my website it's going to be redone again um, but the blog portion of my website is where I, I post all my newest stuff um, I've had some some problems with web designers again saying no that's not really what I wanted it doesn't work this way and so um, so the blog is the, the best part to go and then I I'll mention if it's available for print um, if sometimes people just email me and say would you do this or can I do this or can you output a particular print to a particular size or which isn't specified for the podcast we, we could say that that's that's tell me tell me the name of the website uh, uh, burgerfinearts.com burgerfinearts.com and at the home page there's a, uh, a button there that says blog mm -hmm. and it's just basic my ramblings as as I'm <laughs> this is something I just did and sometimes it's school stuff or um, I'll post something on there that at least is somewhat current and then people can see it and then know where I'm at or what I'm what I'm up to and depending on how busy I am and but you mail out a, a poster print version of one of these works for a for a much uh, more reasonable mm -hmm. <laughs> right, than the right, purchase right. of the painting yeah. itself yeah. right very right. good very right. good can I ask one more uh, Absolutely. In 10 words or less <laughs> just kidding. Um, what kind of a process I mean I'm just curious you know, you, this is acrylic, and, it, and there are various sizes and colors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, what, what uh, process is does it take to, to make a print? Oh. Oh, to make a print of it? Oh, yes. Oh, there's. Um, I mean, is that a like a lithographic thing? Or? You can do it that way. There's a variety of different ways you can do it. A lithograph isn't, but I've got either a, a printer, a six color, or ten. I don't know how many colors it is. Um, wide format printer that can print oh. so either that or depending on the size that's offered you can either take it to uh, a, a printers in town that I use that can and it, it, it does start so some of these paintings like an original like that so big you know you can't scan it or so I have a photographer that goes back with me 20 some years he's got a $40,000 gotcha. camera that he can capture the digital information that I need to make that so when you get a print of it it looks good so you take the digital image and just process it 
Yep. 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 And you can hex some. You can send it to. Uh, I think Amazon right now could take a digital image and if if the image is is collected, if the color information is in it. Right. Um, you got to have a good image to start with. Otherwise, you can clean up a lot, but if you don't get a good source image. Yep. Yep. But it's amazing what. Yeah, Amazon or uh, I think it's Shutterfly. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing mm -hmm. for 16 by 20. And the average, the most popular size, I think, for anybody's wall is a 16 by 20 image. And so usually you'll see on my blog, um, you know, prints available 16 by 20. And then you can, you have a variety of different options, and it depends how many are ordered. Um, that's another thing. It, it does take time mm -hmm. uh, to turn around. Um, anywhere from a, a week to, I think it's, I think I give out like seven business days, seven to ten business days, mm -hmm. which, because it's, it is a process, you get an order, and I know there's uh, somebody coming to the show that ordered recently and went through the, the again, my problems with my website with PayPal and mm -hmm. ordered it and ordered two, pay, uh, two prints, so I got them out and said pick them up at the show if you're going to be at the show. Mm -hmm. And um, and do it that way too, but it's it just depends, you know. Sometimes you got to kind of feel where something's popular. Some years ago that I've done, uh, some people ordering stuff, and it's either it means it's on Google somewhere, came up in some search, and somebody went to, and I'm like, God, where did this one come from? I don't even remember doing this one. So I have a catalog, my, and my photographer who does all my work. It's got a, a really, uh, it's all cataloged, so I can tell him I need mm -hmm. this image so I can get it printed. Simple, but not so simple. It's all, yeah, and it's, and it's that type of stuff which I hate. I mean, I, I just, because it, it just, you can spend a day, even when with my photographer, I can spend, you know, usually I'll see him when I got three or four done, and then we'll, like Chuck, I'm coming over, make some space for me. I got one five foot or eight foot piece. I got this one of Jimi Hendrix. You would love it's. It's over six feet tall. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's something that big and it's shiny. It's just such a yeah. such a bear to <laughs> photograph well. It's yep. a real. It's a real uh, art. And, and so and that's where a professional photographer with Khmer boxes and, and he's got the space to do it. Mm -hmm. um, then yeah, I don't have to worry about reflections, and I, I usually cover most of these with a lacquer, mm -hmm. and that brings that acrylic out, makes the color much more deeper. Mm -hmm. um, but if if I don't do it before I photograph it, uh, Chuck yeah. has to battle with reflections, <laughs> and I said, but I, I'm not getting the color I want out of this. So <laughs> we go back and forth with that. I bet, I bet you do, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. I mean, we're here. We're here for for a while yet. Please stay and enjoy. There's some snacks out in the hallway, but uh, I really appreciate you. Uh, we see. I said 20, 30 minutes. And we've gone 50 minutes. It's always the way. Thank you very much for sharing um, the story of this work and um, letting us have the have the work here for uh, six weeks. Chris is an honor to be back, and you guys, you did a really good job in here setting us up. And it, I mean, it's it's for me, it's it's a, it completes another circle. Cool. So cool. thank you, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you for listening to Q and A.
the podcast series from the Kaddish Gallery at St. Ambrose University in Davenport, Iowa. All rights reserved, 2022.